We are going to get straight into the episode, but before we do, I want to give a shout out to everybody that listens, everybody that's a supporter to this podcast. Yes, you listening to this right now. Thank you very much. Without you, this podcast is nothing. I'm grateful. And I want to also let you guys know that I have a new hotline for the podcast, 206-928-0860. Please call, leave a voicemail, talk about the podcast or whatever's on your mind. It really doesn't matter. Hit it up because on a later date, I am going to be releasing an episode with all the voicemail calls you guys leave. And in advance, thank you very much. And I also want to thank a guest that came in the podcast last week, one of my biggest comedians, um, I got to say he's one of the top 10, you know, you can quote me on that or whatever, um, is um, Aries Spears. He is one of the dopest comedians. Um, he's he came on last week. He is from Mad TV uh, on Comedy Central. And um, if you're listening to this, Mr. Spears, thank you very much uh, for letting me allow to interview you. I know it was short. I know you had things to do. But again, thank you very much. But with that, let's get into the episode. With episode 55, let's do this. up all night but I passed out before the sun came up I really wanted to see one of those I know that's no way for a man to behave with a mortgage due and a baby on the way but somehow I made it to where I'm at it's been a living as a matter of fact I get a bad attitude from being tired and Round. I never ask for anyone to see they like my sound I've never been a part of any musical scenes I ain't just talking Nashville if you know what I mean Welcome back, welcome back Well, today I want to talk about when I used to be an Amazon driver Um, Crazy because... I remember on this route that I had to do, and don't get me wrong, I used to love being an Amazon driver, and the reason I quit is to pursue more of my comedy, you know, my comedy world and my uh, podcast world. Um, probably a couple weeks even before I quit, um, and I was still, you know, contemplating what, if I was going to quit or not, Um I was doing a route, um, and those that do not know, um, I was doing a route here in um, what county was it? I had to say probably was uh, the Milpitas County. I don't know what county that is, but it was it's one of the richest county here in the Bay Area. So I was delivering this package, you know, doing my route, and you know, you know, I'm usually high when I'm working. So I get to this house, a big, beautiful white house. 
big house. You know, I pull in to the driveway, even though they tell us not to, to always park on the street. But I'm lazy. I am a lazy fat fuck. I weigh almost 300 pounds. And yes, I'd rather drive all the way to your goddamn front door and then roll down my fucking window and then throw the fucking package. Well, on this case, I don't know what hit me. I decided to get out the car, the Amazon truck, if you want to call it that. And I'm I'm go up to the steps and I'm scanning the uh, the the item or the bag or whatever it was. And all I hear is, ah, ah, help me, help me. It was it was dim. I really you know, but you can you can tell somebody's crying out for help. So. I go around, you know, around the house towards the backyard and I'm peeking through the back door, back door, and I see this lady, Asian, I'm not sure what type of, you know, Asian she is, but she was heavy, heavier, she was way heavier than me, so I know this was going to be a problem, way, way heavier than me, probably two, three, or even 400 pounds heavier than me. She's on the floor right next to the sink yelling for help. So I'm knocking on the door. Is everything okay, ma'am? Is everything okay? She says, no, it's not okay. I need help. I need help. But the door was locked. So I'm telling her the door is locked. I can't help you. And all she's saying is she needs help. All she's saying that she needs help. So I break the door. It it was a glass door. You know, I break it. I open it and the alarm goes off. So I try to pick her up, but I can't because she's super heavy. And, and, you know, I'm saying, what's wrong, man? What's wrong with you? She was telling me that she slipped. And as she was slipping, you know, she grabbed the counter and she grabbed the table and everything from the counter and table fell and it scattered. But she didn't tell me she had a rock riler in the house with her. I didn't even hear it bark or anything like that. So as soon as it sees me, a brown Mexican male like myself coming into a, a home a rich lady's home, that dog automatically started the barking. So I'm trying to help this lady up and this dog is trying to attack me. And I try to get her up. I kind of did. And then she's telling the dog, but she's talking in in her foreign, foreign language. And the, the dog, you know, you know, is coming at me. So I have this pan in front of me that I'm I'm hitting the dog. I'm like, I'm hitting the shit out of this dog. And then the ladies, don't hit my dog, please. I'm like, he's by, he's trying to bite me, man. I'm not going to let him bite me. And probably 10, 15 minutes go by, or probably even lesser than that, the police come. Not just one, four or five cops come. They come guns drawn, because I guess when the alarm goes off, I guess it's like a burglary alarm. So they automatically, you know, are taking out their guns. So they see me 
through the front door, the cracks of the windows, they see me like, oh shit, we see this brown Mexican dude, you know, just wandering around this house. So they automatically break the fucking door down. And they tell me to get on the floor. Get on the motherfucking floor. Get on the floor. I'm like, no, I'm helping her. Get on the motherfucking floor. So I get on the floor. They handcuff me. And they bring me outside to the front porch. Neighbors. uh, Mailmans. Kids walking with their puppies. They're all looking at me. Because my Amazon truck is parked right outside her house in front and I'm in handcuffs. So I probably, well, not just me, Amazon probably lost a whole bunch of business by seeing that. And I was there for probably like 20, 30 minutes, you know, still in handcuffs, you know, still have uh, dirt and stuff from, you know, the kitchen floor. And then they stand me up and they're asking me questions. What happened? Why was she on the floor? Did you attack her? I'm like, no, sir. I was delivering this package to her. And I heard a cry for help. So I went to the backyard, to the backyard door. I break the window and I try to assist if I can help. But she she fell and there's a whole bunch of stuff on the floor. And then her dad, I mean, her dog tried to attack me. So, you know, that's why my shirt's ripped. That's why I have scratches on my arm because of the dog. And the cops are not buying it. So you can I can hear them talking to the big Asian lady in, in the house. Like, did he try to touch you? Did he steal anything? But the lady didn't know how to speak English. That was the most downfall in the case that I was had at the moment. That, you know, she was in shock. I don't know because she hurt herself or she just couldn't speak proper English. So I guess her daughter showed up, runs into the house. But before she ran in the house, excuse me, she starts yelling at me. You try to rape my mom. I knew it. I knew you fucking Amazons were fucking rapists. All of you are. You're rapists. You come here and you try to rape and steal. And I'm like, no, ma'am. I didn't do that. The whole time I was in handcuffs. So the lady tried to attack me, but the cops detained her from not, you know, attacking me. And then she goes in the house now tends to her mother and then she's talking in you know in the foreign language that they're talking about she comes outside and says no he wasn't attacking my mom just told everything um she fell and he tried to help and broke the door from the back and the dog tried to attack and all this stuff so i'm sorry you're not a rapist and you don't come over here try to rob and steal that was i don't even know where that came from and yeah, so the cops, you know, uncuffed me and then my supervisor's calling me and then I'm telling him what happened and he's telling me what the fuck. And, you know, he comes down in his truck to where I'm at and, you know, it's crazy. It really is. And 
I'm, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if it's funny or not because people are calling me a rapist and, you know, the cops, the first thing that they do when they see me is just, you know, pull me to the ground and handcuff me and automatically judge me. And, you know, I have all these people looking at me saying, oh, my God, I'm never going to order from Amazon again. eBay, you got my you, eBay, you got my uh, noise now. You got my business now. So, you know, I just thought that was embarrassing, but it was also funny. And um, and, and then a couple of weeks later after that, you know, I decided to quit. And you can listen to that episode. I don't know what episode it is, but you can just scroll down and, you know, listen to every single one so you find it. But I don't know. But yeah, that's what happened to that. And I have to admit, man, that was the most craziest shit that I've ever encountered in my life. And I know Chester's going to call me like, why you ain't never told me that story before? Never. Because, you know, I wanted to save it for an episode and, you know, yeah, that's basically what happened. So just a few weeks ago, I just a few weeks ago, I had a date with a paraplegic and in, in, in a lot of people that don't know what's a paraplegic is, is someone that's in a wheelchair. Um, I used to go in, in, the, in how I started dating somebody like that is I went into this convenience store, you know, my neighborhood convenience store to buy Swishers and, you know, for my marijuana cigarette. And I used to go in there all the time. And I used to see her. Her name is Jackie. Um, I don't know if she's Indian, but I know she's a Middle Eastern woman. You know, I didn't actually tell her where was she from, like, where are you from? None of that. I know she's from the Middle East, or at least her parents are. And every day or every other day I go in, you know, grab my uh, coconut water and my Swisher, you know, and I chop it up with her for two or three moments, minutes. And, you know, and then she and then and then one day she says, hey, you sh- we should definitely, you know, go out. And I said, yeah, we should go out. But this is before I knew she was a paraplegic because all the times when I'm in the store, she's always sitting down. You know, she's always just sitting. So I just thought, you know, she's always tired. So I decided to go on the date with her. Um. And paraplegics are freaky, you know, you know, I, you know, we chilled at the marina at first. That's where I take all my dates to have sex in my car. Um, and then she said, let's just get a room. Let's get a room. You know, I'll just go half on you on a room. I'm like, yeah, sure. And. This is this is all before um we actually went to the marina and uh and all that other stuff. Um she's telling me, you know, we'll get a room and all that stuff and then when, you know, when I finally get to chill with her and I'm going to take her to the uh marina and stuff like that. She's pulling her chair at first, I was disgusted. Like, why would you lie to me? But then again, I didn't know and I didn't ask or, you know, 
It's her. I think it's your responsibility. If you can't move your legs, it's your responsibility to know, to let know the person that's going to fuck you, you know, that you don't work. So we, we ended up getting a room. We ended up getting a room and, uh, you know, we, you know, you know, I carried her to the room, um, parked her chair by the door, sat her on the bed. And then, you know, I go down her crotch and I knock. Does it work down there? Are you on? And, you know, we have sex. And, you know, when you're having sex with a paraplegic, you know, her legs are like spaghetti legs. You know, they can go either way. You can even tie them on a knot so they don't be touching your back because it feels like a little rubber, rubber toy or something if you want to call it like if you want to call it that and you know she yeah man she was creamy she was creamy and uh i don't know i just wanted to share that with you guys <laughs> you know i know you guys always like to hear my recent stories of what's happening now at least and yeah i mean that's what happened just a few weeks ago and i just wanted to share that with you guys all right, well, um, I'm just going to leave it at that. And like I say in every single episode, um, just I hope everybody's doing safe and I hope everybody's being responsible. Wear a fucking mask and things are opening back up. Um, and I'm just glad um, we're going back to normal. So thank you very much. I appreciate everybody that always listens to the podcast. I really do appreciate that, man. Without you guys, I am nothing. And I'm never going to get tired of saying that because that is true. Thank you very much. Um, what else? Um, oh yeah, I have another guest coming in, uh, next week. So I'll make sure to give more info about that. But with that, like I say in every single episode, make sure she sucks your dick first before you fuck, because you deserve the full package, and we are out. Couldn't ever dawn on me all the things that I would be I never really looked out quite that far It's never been a simple thing To see the world with a young man's brain With an old man's heart Restless soul yeah, my family went broke my 18th year Dad took a job many miles from here That, that was alright by me, I was on my own I had a band, found a job, life was alright I worked when I had to, we played all the time on Got through that first year of college Alright 
I learned more on the freight docks dropping forklifts on a 3 o'clock a.m. shift in the wintertime, man, it got cold. Selling guitars on the West Coast, going hungry, chasing ghosts around and around we would go. I saw it all tending bar at night, treating saints and sinners right is a good thing to do all the time. You never know who you're talking to, but always know who's watching you keep your feet moving straight down the line. Take all you can take I'm, I'm going out with nothing Like I came Cause I learned more on the freight docks Dropping forklifts on the 3 o'clock a.m. shift In the wintertime, man, it got cold Selling guitars on the west coast Going hungry, chasing ghosts around And around we would go And I saw it all tending bar at night Treating saints and sinners right is a good thing to do all the time You never know who you're talking to But always know who's watching you Keep your feet moving straight down the line But I learned more 